What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's a good show. Uh, but also there's the question of do 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 we do we let Samir, you know, instead of Do we introduce him yeah, first introduce and then get him into and, it? Then, and then and then let him be here for that. Yeah. I, that's would be my vote. Okay, let's do it. Okay, and also just had a cold open. No! Here's a here's a new theme song by uh Wait a Yeah, I feel like these theme song submissions are getting better and better. <laughs> They're incredible, but also ironically, we have a call to service for people because that's that actually literally depletes. I believe even if you sent in a shitty theme song, we've we've no. I think Yusan actually does some filtering for us. <laughs> well, if he has, then, he's, then his filter is so extreme that we are now at the bottom. Like we're we're, we're yes, he said we we're going to need more to to replenish our coffers. But um, that one was wonderful, and it was by the SoundCloud user Vampire Legs. Thank you, Vampire Legs, for your theme song. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a guest this week. Or this episode? Yes. Uh, writer and semi-good friend, Samir Gardazi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I insisted that we introduce Samir because Jessica said she's got some shit she wants to talk about for, like, let's say 10 minutes. 10 minutes, okay. And I was like, well, let's introduce Samir first so that Samir can pipe in if he wants to or at least feel involved. But, but... All right, Samir, not that you have a choice, but will you please indulge me in these 10 minutes I'm going I, to I take? I would love to. Okay, great. okay so there's been this last episode you know we read an email from a guy who was like hey man like i i went to china and they're really racist to white people and black people (laughs) and it's like okay fucking duh um what's funny is he's not the first guy who's written in about like china and how people in china are racist and then after that episode this guy wrote in uh hi dan and jessica i'm a 31 year old white norwegian man uh, wow, that's that's double white. <laughs> yeah, that's double white. Uh, not acknowledging race is problematic because the concept exists and affects and affect people every day. I know that now. I know now. that now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank uh, you, Jessica. <laughs> I mean, both these first two sentences are real red flags. <laughs> um, however, I think most people don't realize how much of a social construct race is. 
Oh boy, hold on to your hats, well, guys. Let's not. Let's not okay. All right. All right, white guy. Uh, race is not. Man, a... show the sides really quickly. Well, I just don't want to mock a person who's on the side of like necessarily like the Roddenberry. Dream, all right, but, all right, like, all right. Uh, race is not a scientific term, not because science is politically correct. It just doesn't describe anything accurate about human taxonomy. All humans alive today are the same species and subspecies, unless you consider the small amount of genes from Neanderthals and other human species found in Eurasians. The concept of race is based on a pseudoscience that was constructed to justify racism and slavery. And I think to uh, to use the term uncritically, unintentionally validates the belief that some have in eugenics. Also... Do you want I, to... I, 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 this guy's got... This guy's got... This guy's got points... All right. Uh, He's numb me with his white splaining. Yes. So. Okay. It's, it's, because here's the thing. Who cares? Like, what's your fucking point, I get, I, dude? I get because it. because it's like, okay, like sure, like that might be true scientifically, but what are yes, we talking yes. about? What's Science your has point? not gotten us anywhere. But also, what is it? What is your fucking point in bringing this up? Because race, like as we know it, race, the social construct of race, is something that is systemic and anecdotally affects me every single day. It affects Samir every single fucking day of our lives. So, like you theoretically bringing up the scientific like concept doesn't help anything. It doesn't add anything to us and it directly yes I, will about to, about to, I just remember when I was, I was drunk last week and we were talking about yeah. blackface and I was like bad I, yeah, yeah, I listen yes, back to yes. it and I'm like I'm like come on Harmon no you're almost you're so close to making your point but because we were talking about blackface yes. I'm like no I'm not defending blackface I, I what I was trying to say and I'm drunk again by the way uh is is it, all I was trying to say was I agree with every 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 blockade that we put up. Like when we go, like don't do blackface, for instance. Like these are no nos and things. I was drunkenly trying to get uh, beyond that. Was like, but also let the lesson be known that simply not doing blackface and simply observing these cultural constructs that we've come to understand to be not offending each other is not the same as empathy. And so to the extent that this person, this Norwegian white person, <laughs> is actually on the side of logic and it's and it, 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 that that tennis ball is on top of the net right now and he could go either way with it. He can either go logically blah 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 and he could and he's going to end up either defending the status quo or he's going to end up being in favor of progress. Sure, yeah, cuz here's the thing, sometimes the question isn't yes or no, sometimes the question is why. Why? Why bring this? I mean, up? like, yeah, why? Well, why yeah. make this like the the conversation to have when we're talking about race and representation? If the answer is like Martin Luther King, you're going like fucking race is a construct. So what the fuck are we doing? Why aren't we all hanging out together and assimilating and stuff? Then that then let's listen to those people. But if the yeah, I, I agree. Right now, the the people that are saying race is a construct, mostly they're basically kind of saying, why do yeah. we have to change what we're changing? And the thing is, we haven't changed anything. And 60 years. It's also super easy for someone who is white, the whitest of whites, right. I would argue, um, to the and also a man to at the top of the fucking power chain to to then say like, what are we talking about here, guys? Race is a social contract. It's very easy for you to say when it doesn't fucking affect you the same way it affects other people. That's a pretty so good how did I link to... into the Chinese. Okay, thing? okay. Well, that was only <laughs> half of his email. Okay, that was only half of his email. That's an interesting preamble. Yeah. This is why I also said, yeah. I said, oh, Jessica. No, no, we're only at four and a half minutes. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm danning, also, I'm danning your... also, Jessica, China is not a homogenous society. There's 56 officially recognized ethnic groups. You being a Mandarin-speaking Han Chinese means that you're kind of like a white person for China. Um, you should be. Wait, what? 
Okay. Well, what we're getting at is you should be able to feel some privilege when you visit as you're a member of the biggest ethnic group in the world. Japan also has minorities, and they've all been treated horribly. I think the depiction of any country as homogenous is a disservice to minorities that will always exist everywhere. Yeah. Well, okay. Fuck, fuck this. Guy. Okay. Yes. Fuck him. So this is okay. Here's the thing. Uh, what a lot of guys have written in about like China and stuff. And what bothers me is the subtext, because subtext matters, as does context. So the sub, the underlying subtext of these guys who are 99% white guys, I think there was only one non-white guy who wrote in about China being racist to them, um, what, uh, the subtext is... White. Gotcha. Right. Like, basically, <laughs> gotcha, Chinese lady. Like, if I get you to admit that China is racist, then... Then because you're Chinese... Yeah, exactly. All of your arguments about racism in America uh, are null and void, which is completely insane. I don't... And it's it's also racist. Yes, it's also it's very racist because nobody is writing in asking <laughs> Harmon to atone for Britain's racism. Like, no one has written that, and no one has been like, Harmon, I went to fucking Britain, and they were really racist to me and black people. Like, that doesn't happen. Well, I, I think also looking yeah. at context, right? I mean, uh, the greatest slave trade was done by Western Europeans. So there's a mm-hmm. reason why the Chinese participate in anti-blackness, because it's a global affair. You know, there's not enough black folks, African folks, etc., in China for them to be the most persecuted class, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's all coming from the West. So it's all about representation. Right. Yes, and also in the context of this podcast where we talk about representation in, like, American right. media, like, that doesn't pertain to us. Also, like, America is the country of which I am a citizen and the country I live in. I haven't lived in China since I was fucking eight years old. I don't answer for China. I... Can I very freely admit that Chinese people are racist? Like, but what's your fucking point, dude? Like, what is this gotcha? Um, but going back to what he was saying about like the uh, uh, minority groups, there are like uh, minority groups in China. But guess what? They're all Asian. So, like, what I mean by a homogenous society is like it's different in China than it is in America. In that, me as an Asian American in America, people still don't treat me like I'm 100% American. Just exact, like, I mean, this guy's case in point, because you wrote to me asking me to atone for fucking China and not for America. Like, so that's what I mean when I say it's different. It's kind of like if you, I think that the prerequisite to come into this podcast, not that you can't mm-hmm. come into this podcast if you're like a closeted white power person. If you're like a white nationalist and you don't know it yet, like maybe this podcast will help you discover it because because these conversations may help you get around to going like, yeah, but white people. And you really got to unpack that and go like, do you truly believe that the point of America is, uh, it, 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 it is ideological or do you think that it's somehow genetic? Uh, and, and, and you, uh, it's, it's great. The, the only good thing that we can say about the times we're going through right now is that it's time to have these conversations. I, I, I've, I see on Twitter, like people circling this shit that are 22 years old. They haven't even fucking thought about this shit yet because you can see them with their high IQs, like they're, they're not they haven't gotten to the root of this thing yet it's a real basic root and it's a scary root to get to it's you really have to say to yourself uh oh my country tis of thee uh is not owned more by me than by someone that just moved in next door it's it, it, it and that's whoa boy what a bummer 
Yeah. Oh, wow. What a fucking bummer. You belong to the first country in the history of the planet that ever said, what if it was a fucking meritocracy, which means open borders, people coming in, you working for a living and like trying to make a dollar. So if we want to go back on that, which I'm sure a lot of poor people do. It, 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 it's like we got to start being honest about the real reason we're having these conversations. Yeah. So what I will say to uh, Lassie or Lassa um, is why I think you should take a moment and examine your motivations for writing this email, writing the things. Like, you what did. do you want Jessica to admit that, ch- that 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 people that look like her are also racist? Yeah. Like, I, what are your intentions? What are your motivations? What moved you to write these things? And like, really be honest. Don't write into me and tell me. Like, just examine it. Have a conversation with yourself. Why did you do this? What were your intentions? What did you hope would happen? And I truly say, because you may be twenty two. Like, no, he I'm, said he's thirty one. I'm four. Well, look. <laughs> I, I was a dick two weeks ago. I, I, like, like, like I'm, I'm growing every day, and, and, and so, like, truly, I say it without judgment. Like, have these conversations because actually they're really valuable. And the truth is, having the conversations is not going to lead to a darker place than not having the conversations. Not having the conversations yeah. is is going to result in you getting a fucking swastika yeah. tattoo. But also, fuck off. So hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was exactly ten minutes. All right, um, did we just wide along? Is that how it works? Yeah. I think so. Where's the buzzer? Yeah. <laughs> all right, Samir, now let's all pay attention to you for the rest <laughs> of the episode. Um, okay, Samir, I hope you don't mind that I announce to everyone that you are Pakistani and you are Muslim. Because yes. this is, the, well, I mean, in this, we actually like announce everyone. Is there going to be a knock at the we door? We announce everyone's race uh, on this podcast oh, yeah, because yeah. it matters. Um, but for, but I also am just excited for you to talk about like Muslim rep- representation in media. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you for identifying me. I I like to <laughs> identifying. Um, I love this. For those who are who, you know, we we put a star on his. It's a yellow. Uh... <laughs> no, it's a crescent moon. Right. Thank I mean, you. it's it's a way. I mean, I made it look like a star. Cause <laughs> I'm bad. That's geometry. Well, let's talk about Muslim representation because it's it's interesting to me that uh, now everyone is really excited and and wanting to hear. You know, from the Muslim voice because, because of my it, friend Kumail. Um, you, but yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, but you know, obviously times are different, and and you know the Trump uh, Muslim ban I think galvanized uh, the liberal community in a way, which allowed so many voices to kind of you know spring through in a positive way. But at the same time. Uh, my thing has always been, you know, what is the agenda at play? You know, when something all of a sudden becomes really important overnight, is that genuine? Um, and if it isn't genuine, how can you make an opportunity to get as much in as possible? So that's kind of the work that I've been doing recently in terms of representation play and just kind of empowering writers. Um, and one of the things that uh, I've put together most recently, and I'll just dive into the plug, um, are these writers. No. Do you want to set the table real quick? Like, let's let's talk a little bit about, like... What, how you how you see the landscape of of uh, representation of Muslims and like what? Well, the representation of Muslims is is it's so complicated because I think that people have an assumption of what that means, which is either you're a South Asian Muslim or you're Middle Eastern Muslim. No one really 
likes to do the work to know that there are black Muslims, there are Latino Muslims, you know, there are native Muslims. And what does that mean? That doesn't fit within the framework of how I understand. It's a faith-based identity. Right. And to a larger extent, it's yeah. a political identity. So you choose to be Muslim, whether it's culturally, whether it's religiously, etc. Yeah. So having said that, it's, it's, it's a strange thing to talk about Muslim representation because and naturally speaking about it, I know it's a race game, just because that's how America works. We see race first. Mm-hmm. And so I can talk about it from a South Asian, Middle Eastern perspective, um, because I think that's probably a little bit more on the note of some of the conversations that are happening, because I don't think anyone's really that interested in exploring black Muslim stories, which is very unfortunate right. because they are the entrance of Islam into America through mm-hmm. the slave trade. So, you know, their connection to American identity is so much more stronger than South Asian or Middle, East, uh, Middle Eastern uh, Muslim identity that came, you know, yes, you know, some of the turn of the century, but most notably during brain drain during the 60s, 70s, and 80s. I find it most notable that you left out Chinese Muslims. Mm. The Uyghur community? Yes. yes. And don't, for, and don't <laughs> forget is, about Cat Stevens, the yeah. white Muslim. Uh-huh. Yes, we, Dan and I want to be represented in this conversation. Right, right. But right. in other words, I mean, I think it is notable to say, like, look, we can play games all we want when we're, like, in the current climate when we say the word Muslim. Like, the bad guys kind of love it that, like, they can pussyfoot back and forth between that's a religion or that's a thing but like we are talking about brown people like 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 when we're talking about travel bans we're talking about immigration and we're talking about terrorism all this stuff we're talking about fear of brown people we're not really that scared of, of a Stevens. religion like we're, we're, we can't be scared of Rick and Morty or something on Nickelodeon or something like like there's a lot of ideologies to be scared of we're not genuinely scared of Islam um, we're scared of 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 the face of of difference, we're scared of 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 hats that look weird and and stuff like that. So I just yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's refreshing to have that conversation. Go like, really, it's a dog whistle, even though it's just a religion. We're, we're, like, yeah, like it, is, I, I, it is a dog yeah. whistle. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and it's it's represented um, in a way where we. We kind of look at uh, uh, Muslim identity as the other, right? What you don't know is what you eventually fear. And then obviously in the context of the war of terror, it only behooves people to distrust or fear Islam because that leads into a hate machine, which is very profitable. So it's all coming. I mean, the way I look at it is the... The, the deck is stacked, you know, very neatly against, you know, communities of color. And um, it's difficult to kind of unpackage that and figure out, okay, what what are we exactly saying when we talk about, okay, we want Muslim representation? And what are we saying when, you know, someone like, um, you know, someone uh, from the conservative community says, that, oh, we want Muslims out, you know? And I think that continue to have those conversations through uh, inner community um, spaces is so important because this is the most frustrating thing. Someone like me, my experience as a Pakistani Muslim is different than a Lebanese Muslim, is different than a Moroccan right. Muslim, and yet we're conflated and put in this big pot. You know, hey, accept your differences. Which is you pretty probably... crazy because Christianity includes David Koresh. Uh. It includes, like, Billy Graham. It includes, I mean, Christianity includes 
Stephen Colbert. It includes mm-hmm. Joseph Campbell. It includes myself, frankly. I, it, I, 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 I get a kick out of the Christ myth and get power from it and all this stuff. <laughs> like, like, like it, it, it's, it's unfair that it, that, that you might necessarily be thinking of like the worst people. And I, I just want to clarify one thing because I referenced my friend Kumail because he's Pakistani, which is the first time I didn't pronounce the long A, uh, uh, or pa- Pakistani. Um, <laughs> That's the Wisconsin. <laughs> Kumail, I get the impression. I, it's, it's like I don't. I don't. He doesn't get a huge kick out of talking about it that much because I get the impression that it's it may be hard for there may be blowback from him for him. Mm-hmm. Like I I think that he. Um, is way more secular, like that's his upbringing, and he's not. Yeah. That's how he was raised. But but he's also not currently practicing too. Exactly. Which, so that's that's my is. that's my and question. His is like, background is also a smiley too. If I'm or Amity, um, if I'm correct, it's not Sunni, but basically that's that's a persecuted group in Pakistan. So he comes from a minority group already within a minority, if that makes sense. So I can only imagine that you know very much shades his perspective of what it means to Muslim American. Right. So, right, so it could be like it could be like a, he was a Jehovah's Witness or something like that. I don't want I don't want to raise red flags for people. I go like that's nothing like that. But but what I what I wanted to ask was just like when because of the conflations that happen because oh, white white people in America can go we're capable of going like we don't know if Jewish means a race or a or a religion. We 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 get confused by it. We don't know if Muslim means just brown people or it means uh, that you're not allowed to have eggs on Wednesday morning. I just want to make as a point of clarity where you place yourself in terms of kind of devoutness, like 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 you. You are you're you're a practicing Muslim. You you you're not just like raised Muslim or like the equivalent of a guy who says I went to Catholic school, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say that I'm a practicing Muslim in the sense that it's something that uh, is important to me on the faith side and something that I integrate into my life. Um, but on top of that, I would say that I do accept its identity as a political identity as well, because I think that's uh, part of the part of the more interesting conversation going on is that you have a lot of young secular kids that grew up Muslim, but they don't pray, they eat pork, drink. It doesn't really matter to them, but they're throwing down because there is a movement happening right. because it's so important to voice uh, yourself in this connectedness with some of the other marginalized groups that are happening right, right now. Because if tomorrow somebody started throwing all the Christians in a lion's den, like, guess what? I'm going to wake up to my Stephen Colbert-ness and be like, uh-huh. yeah, I'm Christian. Uh, okay. Okay, so, go, so I just wanted to place that on the map. Like you, you yeah. Go, so continue. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. I mean, so looking at some of the things that are kind of out there right now, and I don't know. It, it, I feel like it's kind of coming into play, and the, these are my qualms with uh, what I'm seeing right now. And I and I know some folks are doing different things, which I'm interested in seeing. And some things are in contention. Hopefully, they'll kind of pull through. But I think that there is this natural story of what it means to be Muslim American as choosing two identities and to be accepted by denouncing your own Muslim identity to be a part of something else, which is isn't necessarily, you know, a new invention, right? We see that in cross-cultural tales all the time. It's like, okay, my parents are this, but I was, you know, I grew up here. What side am I on? But hey, mom and dad, guess what? No, I'm this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's limiting in so many different ways. You know, I've uh, Master of None episode uh, uh, talking about Eid, um, saw that, and 
It was interesting, but I also feel like it doesn't always have to be like that. It doesn't always have to be like this or that. You're either super religious or you're not. And the dangerous thing about that dichotomy is that it falls into this good Muslim, bad Muslim um, dynamic. And the good Muslim being someone that's usually very secular, usually someone that's, you know, more than willing to kind of opt out of the conversation of what it means to be a political identity. And then also someone that, you know, is kind of down, whereas a bad Muslim is inevitably someone that's practicing, someone that is, of course, you know, depicted as, you know, someone that has uh, political aspirations that may be dangerous. And then lastly, of course, the most egregious form of that is being a terrorist. Um, neither are true realities uh, in the normal existence of what it means to be a Muslim American, right? On one side, the good Muslim, there's no one just day to day fighting terrorism and saying like, oh, gosh, I love America <laughs> so much. That doesn't exist, right? And the flip side, I mean, like the whole entire um, uh, the whole entire uh, radicalization of Muslims in this country, perhaps, yes, but I feel like it's the radicalization of young men, which I think is a common factor um, that we need to address aside from God, Muslim amen. identity, etc. fucking men. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, 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 isn't it like a crazy... Wow, what a crazy, weird thing it is that in America, the biggest sin you can create is actually... It's not believing in God... It's just believing in a God that supersedes your belief in Coke and Pepsi. And, and, and so, actually, we'll come down on rednecks um, that believe in Jesus Christ if they believe in him so much that they'd rather uh, talk to rattlesnakes than eat Lucky Charms. Mm-hmm. Like, we will come down on the Amish. We'll come down on anybody who's devout to the point where they start to maybe have a conflict with some of the tenets of this giant Borg cube that we've decided as our country. And I'm not, I'm not really really shitting on it like like I, I i i like what you're like like i hear what you're saying being like like yeah the age of assimilation mission accomplished like we did it we we, we, we like like we, we 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 created a nation of immigrants and it was successful we took over the planet so does everyone who comes over here now do, do, do we still have to like uh become american to the extent that that means that we Every single tiny little bit of, of of our culture goes into a garbage can, and 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 now we're where we we have a vestige of our previous life that's like the complexion of our skin and a few photos in our wallet, mm. but but in all other regards we're just ashamed of what we were, or right. or because the first part of the melting pot thing is actually that, you know you come you 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 have your shit that's like not American and the, uh, like uh, anyways sorry I'm a little drunk yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah. but yeah. I mean uh, yeah but the assimilation thing like it only goes for people who are not from European backgrounds because like in America like St. Patrick's Day right. is a we national love... holiday like we love like we love white European heritage you know we love our Oktoberfest we love our St. Patrick's Day perhaps we just love drinking but still <laughs> like you know you don't you don't have that like it, there's this expectation expectation for anyone who's not white to assimilate and if they you know if they speak still maintain any ties to their own culture and speak the language then it's like well then you're not 100% american and then but if, and on top of that so i didn't mean to yeah, interrupt no, no. but um I mean, it's the greatest trick ever invented is that come to this country, just play by our own rules, and we'll give you access to everything. Oh, wait, you aren't white. You were never meant to get access. And so I think that's some of the things that maybe are the past generation, I can I can say um, when it comes to my parents' generation, that was it. You come to this country, you see two things. You see 
black folks being completely marginalized, native folks being non-existent, and the Latinx community, same thing, right? Marginalized communities. And then you see the white communities, like, oh, pick fences, suburbia. I have a choice to make. What am I going to align myself mm-hmm. with? And that is kind of the brain drain immigrant experience. I'm going to align myself to right. something where I can be safe because I just left a country under certain circumstances and I want to make sure that my children can lead an amazing life. Um, so you continue to do that your whole entire life. You lose a lot of yourself because that's, you know, that's, that's the debt you're paying. It's like, hey, give up this, give up that, give up that. And then you eventually get to a point where you see the glass ceiling, where it's like, nope, you were never meant to get entrance. You are not allowed to yeah. be a penthouse. And if I could run my – so here I go. There's a tradition on our show. I'm going to run my racist white guy simulator. So I'm going, yeah, that's all fine and good uh, theoretically. But what that leads to is a slippery slope where y'all come over here and y'all brown and y'all bring your brown gods. And, uh, like, the Irish came over here and they just they just, they just just became me. And I'm Irish and I'm part Italian and my sister's Italian. And I live in a fucking – in U-Haul, and I, I I got my 80 guns, and I like I, I like I just want to say to that guy, I know that guy's not a listener, but it's like <laughs> like 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 th- that's not American culture. Like 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 you're as much of an immigrant. Like you look like a fucking alien to everyone in New York. Like you live in a goddamn garbage can, and and and, and there is it's no one is saying that you're going to become worth less. It's just like it's it's like can't you of all people who live under a fucking rock in the middle of nowhere who keep tweeting me. Stop talking about politics and go back to Rick and Morty because it's all I can do is lick moss off a fucking rock and watch your cartoons. Like and 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 like like uh, why are you more scared of people coming into the country when all those people are doing is like they're going to be on your side? They're fucking broke. Do I answer a, another quarter? How does this work? <laughs> <laughs> this, this idea that immigrants are the ones that are taking jobs from poor white people is, I wish there was a way to like st- pull that thermometer out of the mouth and like show it to them and go like, no, it's not immigrants that are taking your jobs. Yeah, it's away. robots. It's robots, and it's and it's fucking and it's progress. <laughs> it's it's progress. It's, it's actually an evolutionary it, being. Like you know, it's that's it, what it is. It's, it's not educating. Our children, it's that it's 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 a poorly run country. Like it, it is. Yeah, we got a lot of shit to get together. We got to fucking believe in this country. And the part of what we have to believe in is that the experiment has worked up until this point. And now it's, it's we're getting a little tense. And the first thing we do is start pointing at each other and going like, "Well, you're you suck, and it's got to be your fault, right?" I, yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah the 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 model minority thing that you're talking about, which is like your parents' generation, you know, choosing like, "Oh, which side do I want to align?" with like i feel like that's a very very asian mm-hmm. and like what's here's something that uh we should talk about which is in, in america like when you say when people say asian 99 percent of the time they're talking about east asian somebody like me like chinese japanese korean but like you know pakistan is part of asia like india is part of asia but the like hell you say <laughs> <laughs> it's just south asia but what in america when you say asian everyone thinks of me and not samir you know right well yeah and this is something that samir and i talk about all the time right. East asian versus south asian and then when you go to the uk and predominantly most of europe asian tends to be more 
my people. Yeah, it means Pakistani, Indians, and, Indians and Bangladeshi. And, right, and whereas you have to say Chinese to specifically, which is so crazy to me. So <laughs> I re- I lived in England, and like it's so weird because because I, I knew that going into it, but I was like, well, then what do they call like my type of Asian? <laughs> and then I found out if you're an older British person, you just say Oriental. <laughs> <laughs> I met. A, by the way, I met a ma- not to derail us, but I I my makeup or hair or whatever was being done by a. Um, a uh, woman that was uh, watch it uh, <laughs> can't wait easy. can't wait <laughs> she was primping me for a, a photo shoot uh-huh. uh, and she was Asian and she was talking about how she still calls it the Orient oh how uh, old was she and, uh, well she's she's probably older than you I hope she's not listening I, <laughs> um, because she was delightful but she, she's like I understand that Oriental is but she, she's like oh yeah, but, but she's like but I can refer to the place yeah, as yeah, the Orient she's like I'm fucking Asian and I can't refer to the Orient without my white friends yeah. yelling at me <laughs> so I, I don't know yeah well you know <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, I, I've noticed that like in Asia, like because they don't have the context of right. like all the racial politics that we have in America, like a lot, like people in Asia, especially, don't care about saying like Orient because most of the time they're just looking up a tra- direct translation when they're trying to say Eastern, and they're like, oh, Orient, that sounds good, um, but they don't have the context that we have. But also, more importantly, you can teach everybody to say the right words to keep them out of getting in trouble, but you can't teach people like how to uh, consider other people. It's it, it just like we were talking. Like like we see different cheekbones, we see different eyes, we see different shades of skin. We grow, we get socialized as children. It's like it should be okay when you're in your adulthood to go. You know what? I'm um I'm seeing you as different. Like I I I gotta I gotta catch up to this shit. I have to somehow we have to have, be able to have these conversations. So so Samir, I I like 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 you were about to start plugging this thing that you're doing, which I find incredibly fascinating on a lot of levels. Can we get there now? The all right. Yeah, I, 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 I like that. I like Asian, that you. South I like Asian. that you. You looked at me for permission. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "Let's go." Well, first of all, where well, the I fuck wanted are... you to set the table a little bit uh, and just talk about yeah, the state yeah. of like. Well, before we know? go into that, I did want to talk about yeah the term Asian, and yeah. I also feel like yeah, I mean, it is pretty strange that in. The states, when we say Asian, we're undoubtedly referring to East Asians. But the frustrating thing is, is that I don't think that the terminology really exists for the regional identity for someone that looks like me. Because I feel like South Asian, it seems like a pretty new thing. Most people just say Indian, which Mm -hmm. I feel... (laughs) <laughs> so, like that's equivalent of calling you know a Korean person Chinese. Like mm-hmm. to assume that the predominant force. You is hate a- India. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're here to talk about, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like I think that I appreciate when people like you know yourself. I think in front of me, at least, you say East Asian, and you say South Asian because yeah. I think and they're Southeast Asian. Um, and-, and then when I'm away from you, I'm like those dirty brown people <laughs> that I hate who make the best dish in the world. <laughs> I guess there's the thing I'm wondering before we get into the thing you're plugging, which I think is an elegant solution and a proactive one in general. But when we talk about representation in writers' rooms and we specifically talk about uh, Muslim representation, which we rarely do. I mean, I think we sit here on this show and we talk about representation and typically in my head I'm picturing a black woman. I'm not picturing uh, how can I get more uh, Korean men in my writers' room. I'm not picturing uh, uh, transgender uh, folks. I'm not, I'm not, you know, and I'm also not picturing 
picturing um, uh, Muslim uh, men, like like how to get them in the writers' room. I'm I'm really focused as a white guy on like mm-hmm. really specific definitions of diversity by default, and um, and and and, I, and I'm like curious, like because. We, we we kind of we kind of we kind of step around this bush a lot in in this podcast because we're talking about we're t- we talk about showrunners and their sensibilities and shows and um, like if I am uh, if I'm doing Rick and Morty which is a sci-fi show it seems it makes practical sense to me that like the more diverse voices I can get in my writers room in ratio to the talent that they represent, the better. That's that's an easy luxury that I have. Because I, I'm like, I'm writing a sci-fi show. I'm writing a show about how, first of all, the tonality of that show has nothing to do with my experience as a white kid in Wisconsin or anything like that. We had a guy write in last week who was like, I'm white and I'm making this movie and with my friends about being a kid in Vermont and do I have to put a black person in it? And we are kind of like... Come around to the conclusion of like, no, make your white movie. Like it would be probably more harm than good for you to bend over backwards to figure out how to put a black kid in your Sandlot movie. I, when it comes to TV, like like sitcoms are the still the foundation, and sitcoms are most often about um, if they, if it's if it's The Office, if it's a workplace comedy, it becomes more like sci-fi, where it's like great, but. Your typical sitcom is like, oh, it's your family and it's this background and stuff. How do you feel about that? Like, 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 I'm a white showrunner. I sold a show that was based on my memory of being white in Illinois, and I'm staffing up my show. Am I? Am I supposed to, for the good of mankind, like make sure that one of my writers has a name that sounds? scary to me when I read it on the resume <laughs> and, I, and I go like oh shit am I, am I doing it or it, you know it's I, I, my mind kind of reels about that 100% yes and this is the reason why I think that there is this preciousness attached to a lot of showrunners and specifically white showrunners white men cishet showrunners that their masterpiece will be tarnished <laughs> if people that don't look and think and have their world views comes into the room. Right. And I would argue that actually quite the opposite. I think that you challenge the status quo and your view by bringing in another voice in there. Um, on top of that, I mean, I think that this idea of, you know, yeah, like this is, you know, a show about me growing up in, say, like the 70s and whether it's like, you know, Vermont, et cetera, a very white story. You have to realize that folks of color have been watching white shows their whole entire life. You have taught us oh, yeah, how yeah. to write. So it's like that to me, it's like we we probably know the show better than you do just because that's the way we've been intaking it. Well, but to, to with all due respect, though, the, you, you just said the complete, you know, you, you're like, absolutely, you need Two a different, different point of view. Yeah, and yeah. also, like, we can totally be robots and not have our point of view. Well, I think that's the balance though, of what it means to work on someone it's, else's uh, show. You're, you're saying you could use a little fucking your your show's not going to die from a little flavor and also by the way we're not coming in as representatives of flavor we're coming in as fucking pre-assimilated pre-shrunk uh, genes I think that they're coming in as writers and they say hey this is the show I can write this show and move on from there I mean I, I don't I don't 
I understand that there, because I've been on shows where I was like the necessary insurance policy, and I know why I was hired because if I was, if there wasn't a version of me. You wouldn't be able to do certain things.、Mm. That's not necessarily the right way to go about it either, right?、Sure. And so I think that、it、certainly doesn't make your job very easy. Yeah,、um, <laughs> you can't you can't get specific about that. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, I think that I think that it has a lot to do with culture shift. I mean, it's so it's it's a strange conversation to have because I think that we localize it in the writers' room and it intensifies around this idea of story development. But it's really just like I would just say, hey. Who are your friends? Who do you hang out with? If it's only white dudes, that's a problem. That's just a that's just a liveliness problem versus something that has anything to do with your capacity to storytell. Because I think that one informs the other, and so I think to be an ally, to be a white ally, to be able to you know mentor young writers, emerging writers that don't have access and resources, and whether it's you know from a racial identity or a queer identity、um, or a disability identity or all the intersections between, I think that just comes from hey, like I have. Access. I read something of yours. I think that you have something. You're going to be put into a situation that's very different than anything that you have experienced. I'm going to be there and be accountable to make sure that you feel safe until you strongly understand what your voice is in this room. And then, I mean, I think that's the greatest service you can do to any younger writers. And leading into、um, part of the work that I'm doing, and the reason why I'm being, you know, I'm pontificating is that I've seen this work. Um, I worked with four emerging writers. So, quick background story: I facilitated this、uh, writers' room called Break the Room、um, in collaboration with Pop Culture Collab, which is a foundation. They gave me some money, and I worked with this other nonprofit、um, named Muslim Arc to bring emerging writers together in tandem with community leaders, organizers, and activists to sit down in a room together. A writers' room, so we weren't doing workshops, panels, or anything like an actual functioning writers' room to break story and write six episodes of a webisode series. These folks did not have any credits.、Um, they, you know, not all of them even had、um, a television sample, actually, because、um, I wanted to make sure that they they brought their true voice and the voice that they felt comfortable with. These writers hit the ground running, and. From and I say this just coming in with full bias, and this was admittedly my blind spot. I thought that okay, the first two days is just going to be training because these folks just need to understand how to write. And boy, was I wrong! Well, on yeah, because level. by the way, every writer's room is a fucking clusterfuck. <laughs> like, it's not like a bunch that, of that's、experts. probably true. <laughs> yeah.、I'm、so a, yeah, it's a little up, but I mean, the, the the point being though is that. Uh, trusting, I think the the brilliance of what a writer's room is, which is, hey, I'm gonna, you know, let myself bleed and accept me as I am, and、yeah. let's be vulnerable with one another.、Um, combining that with this idea of writers of color working together, which means that we didn't have to play that game of、right. like, okay, I got to be the spokesperson now,、mm-hmm. or so and so, you know, a co-EP、uh, said, you know, something that was problematic and a、right. microaggression, got to deal with that. Right,、now. right, right. right.、Yeah. All of that was thrown out the window. We were allowed to be a hundred percent creative. Yeah, you didn't have to devote part of fifty percent of your brain to to police、right. work and also to assimilation work. But、exactly. I'm really curious. Like, 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 first of all, like, I well, I would I would need twenty minutes to talk about. It. That's fucking brilliant. That's so. Sublimely brilliant! The idea of just like when we we sit on this podcast and talk about、oh, how do we how do we make a change for the better? How do we break the cycle? It's like you just fucking write something. Like, like it's, it's whoever is funding this and did this. It's like 
like, like, like NBC has diversity programs. It's like a one person on every single show that NBC has is a, is a person of color ostensibly. And it's like to, to have an entire writer's room and just go, yeah, we're going to go from start to finish and you're going to walk out of here seasoned fucking writers, whether or not these scripts actually like what, whatever gets done with them, which by the way is the industry norm. Right. It's the fucking industry norm. Right. The important That's thing so is true. get into a room and demystify this thing called writing. So, but I, so anyways, I would take 20 minutes just sucking the dick of this idea. I think it's <laughs> fucking brilliant. And I, I want to, I, 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 but, um, now I have questions about it that fascinate me, which is, you say, well, no, none of the people in that room uh, have to deal with, for instance, that, oh, the co-EP said something problematic, et cetera. However, what about on a root level? What about hierarchy? Are they are, are these folks that are filling this room? Are they being given like titles like so because different writers rooms do like observe hierarchy in different ways? Right. So there was no hierarchy, and that's what, I, I mean, actually, in our grant, we specifically said we wanted to have a non-hierarchy system of what it meant to be um, writers in the room. Uh, granted, I acted as a facilitator because we were working off my idea, and just because I came in with more experience with technique, not writing, I just want to be specific at that, I, I, I think that... You know, having more years of writing in a television room just makes you better at structure and technique, not a better writer, is, you know, what I believe. Um, so there was no hierarchy, and it was interesting. I mean, it was more work. It was, it was more work. I mean, it, 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 if something happened, we had to talk it through. But I felt like that's what we owed each other to get to the light at the end of the tunnel. Because I've been in situations where I was just shut out. Um, and usually it's done in a very passive-aggressive manner because we're all writers, right? Except for Jessica, who's aggressive-aggressive, right? <laughs> um, uh, I didn't want that. I felt that that would be such a disservice to You don't to want to be a loud Chinese lady. <laughs> Who wants to be that? Oh, man, I'd love to see either of you try to be the loud Chinese lady in the room. Who's apparently racist. Here we go. Make, this pickle. I Make this pickle Asian. Ah, Jessica. Wow. I knew that was coming. Where's but I was Miami? I'm so delighted. <laughs> Wait, does Dan know that about what do you think about that? What? What do you think about that? Your coined phrase. Oh, no, he doesn't. <laughs> No. <laughs> What's the? There's a. If we're getting Jessica dirt from 2012. Well, it's like a button. I feel like everything that. So naturally, um, the way that our relationship works is that Jessica puts me down, and <laughs> I feel bad about myself, and she sees me feel bad about myself, and then after the put down, she'll say, "What do you think about that?" <laughs> She usually, she usually turns her head too, because at this point she's t- she's walking way ahead of me, and I'm in tears. Uh. My my clearest first like m- real memory of you, like so, Samir and I had met because we both uh, got our start at the Nickelodeon Writing Fellowship, but he did it the year before me. But we didn't. We only met each other like briefly. But it wasn't until years later that we were both uh, asked to speak at a panel at the American Black Film Festival in Miami. That we kind of hung out for like the three days of the film festival, and um, and I remember this so distinctly because it just so cemented like who he was and who I was and how how our dynamic was going to function. Where we'd been like going to events all night, like in Miami, out in Miami, and then we were walking back to our hotel like at three in the morning. And And Samir's like, I don't think these black people want to hear from us. (laughs) (laughs) And like, 
there's like no one out in the streets anymore and we're walking and we stop at a crosswalk and it's a red light for us and I'm like there's no one here so I just start crossing and Samir stays on the sidewalk and he goes no Jessica no oh no (laughs) and he was so worried that something bad was gonna happen oh that's not a fair even even though Samir's owning his uh, acquiescence that's not a fair character that's your perception but that's always been but that's that was such a perfect encapsulation of our Samir that's not even I honestly don't remember, but so it could I, be accurate. I, I, I'm guessing that if I went back through a portal, what it would look like is what, if I had been with Jessica, it would be like I, I would just be standing there. It's not the same as going, no, Jessica. No, he, he was very worried and he voiced it. He was like, no, oh, no. Because I remember him just saying, oh, no, oh, no, like in such a worried You're engaging voice. in the, uh, the, the millennia-old stereotype of the emasculated Pakistani male. <laughs> Right, yeah. That's stop true. stop desexualizing me. Uh, uh, you know what? Samir, stop playing into the stereotype. Okay. Oh, take responsibility. Maybe that I, I have often watched my friends proceed across a crosswalk, and I have been like, "Fuck you, cool hand, Luke." Like, I, like, like it says, "Don't walk," and I, you don't know why. Like, it was like, three in the morning. Could come there was an hour. no one there. Well, whatever. You know, assimilate. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 we should take a break, and then we want to okay, hear yeah, more let's about take a break. breaking the room okay yep all right and we're back and we're back (laughs) uh yeah we were just talking to samir about his uh he's got a two-year-old kid and um but uh yeah we want to talk about uh this it's called breaking the room break the room break the room um this just seems like such an elegantly brilliant thing. Uh, I, 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 so I want to hear more about it. I particularly want to understand like where the money comes from to make it happen. Because and it's not because I'm like sea lioning it. It's because I want to replicate. Yeah. This. Well, because because everybody who participates, uh, do they get? Is it a yeah. paid position? Okay. Yeah. So here here's the thing, and I think that this is something I thought about, um, you know, extensively was that. What really allows people to feel that they're part of the process? I mean, writers, you know, when we do something on spec, you know, hoping to sell something or whether we're building up a pitch, I mean, it's it's thankless work. And sometimes right. that work goes on for six months and it's a no, door closes, you move on. And the whole time you're in your bathrobe, your cat's licking its balls, like you're you're you feel not like not a writer. Yeah. Like like if especially if your ambition is to work in TV. Yeah, completely. And so we were able to arrange a way, and it's not a lot of money, and these people are not guild writers to be able to pay them because that was the right thing to do. And we're only doing a week, right? So it's something that is somewhat feasible. So it was just foundation money that we did kind of back and forth and we were able to talk it out and say, hey, this is going to be you know, the right amount of money to make this work. Uh, we did it twice, actually. So the second one was done through another foundation. Um, that wasn't a break the room because break the room is specifically about inclusion and narrative shifts, trying to get all... F- you know, folks of different backgrounds to be in the same place at the same time, and also the community organizers and activists aspect of it. The second room I did was just a Muslim writer's room, and that was something that was kind of my... I wanted that to happen because I felt... Part of me just would feel so sad if I didn't ever get to be in a room with the identity that I have decided to choose. And so it was getting, you know, writers that I know that are Muslim writers that I either have read about or have, you know, um, met. And um, we came together and we did the same thing one week working on a webisode series. And we're finishing up that 
uh, not the actual writer's room phase, but finishing up the actual scripts for that um, this week. So now this one, sorry, when you said you said you you worked for a week, did you say you did six webisodes? Yes. In a week? Yes. Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're, they're, yeah, they're, maybe you they're, need to start hiring some Muslim writers for Rick and Morty, they're, 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 yeah, Now I know not um, to hire Muslim writers because they're going to wonder why I'm so lazy. <laughs> but, but but in all seriousness, like it's just like, yeah. like, it makes me wonder. Like in a week, and you're doing six episodes. Yeah. So I mean, so so the thing is that we we get to a place if um, where we because it's it's serialized, so everything is outlined. Not everything may get to scripts. So the last one, I think we actually were able to get four scripts out. So there are two remaining. But I put that work onto me because I don't mind doing the extra load. But it's enough for the reason of convening in the first place. So we do all the work that's necessary in the room capacity and finish it off like that. And well, but that, but but we're doing. I mean, it's a do or die situation, though. So if we could get money for two weeks, of course, yes. Right. We don't well, have... That's an important part of the process yeah. is having that pressure and going like, oh, we have a goal here, and we got to work on a clock, and because yeah. it's like this this tightrope of of between industry and art. I mean, yeah. you're being paid to do the apply the Henry Ford principle to the least Henry Ford thing in the world, which is to share of yourself. Yeah. Uh, with all these people, does it does it just? I mean, it, does it defeat the purpose if a white guy comes in and talks about story? breaking and and ever and yes it does defeat the yeah purpose. it does okay. defeat the purpose because i think that one takeaway um because i did exit interviews with everyone was that across the board um there was no white man Good, okay. in the room um mm-hmm. and there was magic in that all right um, fine i'm gonna do a, i'm gonna do an all white uh, break the room oh so you mean a room have a regular room yeah <laughs> right. exactly, exactly it's gonna be called the nazi yeah it's gonna room. be called a cbs tv show <laughs> <laughs> But I think that, but you know, I think that there there's something important to that though, because I think that allows us. Because it's not, we're not saying like, oh, we're never going to work with white people. That's that's ridiculous. No, of course. Yeah. But the idea is that, of course, you're going to work with white people. <laughs> we own everything. But it's about just give, having a safe space so you have yes, so you have the room to breathe and like really spread yeah. your wings a little bit. And yeah, how, yeah, how yeah. amazing is it to take risks at the beginning of your career, right? Because yeah. that that really defines your voice. And that was the gratifying moments where someone's like, no, actually, this is what I believe. And I'm going to fight for it, which if I did, you know, in our traditional room years ago, I know that I'd be brought into, you know, the office. Yeah, well, no one, you know that no, it's safe because you know that no one in that room is going to look at you and be like, what a nagging PC police. Right. And the reason it's important to experience that is not because you're then going to go out into a world where you get fired for that necessarily. It's because feeling yourself doing that and waking up the next morning alive. Will actually empower you to, because we we we've talked to a handful of writers on this show, and what I'm really glad I've I haven't heard a lot of is people saying, well, you know, it's hard being a person of color in the writers' room because you don't want to be a nuisance. I mean, we've heard about that effect, but by and large, the people that have come on the show have been like, yeah, but what are you gonna do? You got to fucking do it. Like mm-hmm. the successful people are the people that are like. Look, I know, <laughs> I know the role I'm playing in your white life as a showrunner by being the person of color that's once again uh, picking this knit. However, I'm fucking picking it. Yeah, I mean, you can be the kind of person who says this is unfair and it sucks, and just stop there, or right. you can be the kind of person who says this is unfair and it sucks, and this is what I'm going to do to survive. Right, like you know, Jessica and my origin story is that she was on our show and was like definitely 
picking that nit was like there was made no uh subtle point about how she felt about uh whether or not a character should be asian and whatever the fuck you were talking about <laughs> and, but, it but, clearly made a huge impact but, yeah. but the but the really the 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 thing that, that that changes everything is that we both had a conversation about it numerous times and we didn't end up like throwing coffee cups at each other or firing each other or like going like what you know it's like yeah it's the conversation that's important and which is probably why yeah, it's, it's the conversation that bore this podcast. It's good to demystify the like what writers do in a writer's room is like it's I don't want to say it's garbage, but it's what it isn't is um there's no um no one has perfected it. So like the more people that can experience uh how it works for 6 to 8 hours at a time um that's, there's no way that that's not a service to everybody, like because which is why I'm so um, enamored by this because I just feel like that should just be there. There, there should just that, that that program should be incredibly widespread and and, and maybe it, like definitely for the disenfranchised, but also for the entire human race, like to experience. This is what a writer does in television. Like, uh, had a bad day today. Oh, imagine five of those a day. Like, like, and 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 don't blame it on your boss is this or your boss is that. Like, that's going to be a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Like, now, first of all, think about spending eight hours a day in perpetual confusion, mm-hmm. uh, in a perpetual state of not knowing what to do, and how frustrating that is. Um, yeah. Do you, did you like that? All right. Now, <laughs> now here's your Harry Potter scar, and like whether or not you'll ever make any money doing this, you're a writer. Yeah. What's What's really wonderful about this uh, uh, about Break the Room is that uh, p- people of color um, get to experience what like a straight white cisgendered guy gets to experience all the time when he works, which is Supremi- feeling- sure, supremacy. <laughs> yes, of course. Which is just feeling so safe in a room that you are free to just use 100% to of focus your, on the fucking to focus on your job what a shitty job it is yes instead of everything else instead you know? of being an ambassador yeah I've said that it's just like I can imagine being a fucking ambassador to anything in addition to how shitty that job is yeah. how, uh, well, so, so, so are we how? selling the job to you guys out there I truly well you know it's, it's yeah. kind of like writing is let's, tough let's actually unsell it to some of the shitheads yes that, I agree 100% uh, and, 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 because, because guess what there's a lot of firefighters out there and and they aren't discouraged by hearing other firefighters say, "Yeah, it's really hot, and my skin blistered, and I almost died." Like, like there are people who continue to go, "Yeah, it sounds like my job." Um, but, but how do we support the? Is like, like, is there if 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 I'm white and I don't want to interrupt and, and come in and tell everybody how to break a story and according to my uh, <laughs> patented story model, uh, how, wh- who do I Venmo? <laughs> well, we're gonna. I mean, we're definitely gonna try to do it again, and uh, we. Um, I can't announce the good news, but um, it, it did get um, uh, picked up by um, a production company that's willing to fund it, and it's a sizable name where that's the that's the validation we needed because now we have not only said, hey, we can take money outside of the studio system, we can bring writers together outside of the studio system, we can do a process that doesn't match anything you know remotely close to the studio system, and we can sell it to. You um, also get to teach that first generation of writers another important thing about being a TV writer, which is unemployment. Right? <laughs> and wondering why. What the fuck did I do wrong? I gave up my hit. <laughs> why am I waiting tables on guys? 
Uh, or is that, uh, I mean, well, I guess I'm, I'm being glib, but is that, I mean, you're obviously not well, like. Well, the goal is, I mean, this is what I want from this is that imagine being able to sell something and just function outside of Hollywood and say, hey, we're going to do the same writer's room again. Mm-hmm. We're going to, and hopefully they can be paid guild salaries. Right. And is it the same gonna, people? I would love for it to be the same people. So what's happening right now is that it's going to be, it's not going to be redeveloped. It's going to be produced. I wanted to make sure that um, IP still was in my hands, and then we can figure that out later if it wants to be redeveloped. But right now, I think that it's important for the writers to know that, hey, they worked on something that's going to get made. Mm-hmm. So honestly, like it's a, like without betraying anything or compromising yourself, is there any way that people listening, like, I want to I lend five white dollars to... Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of our listeners are white guys that are uh, taking advantage of my hobby of not being racist to see if I'll read their screenplay. And I think I can get them to, like, <laughs> donate money to... Yeah. Um, nothing immediately now, which is probably poor timing on my part, but yeah. uh, but for this sure I will reach out to you. This is very un-Asian of you. I know, very <laughs> un- not thought out a way to make money. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, the goal is to continue to do this, so if you can follow me at Samir Gardezi. I always post about issues of diversity, etc. If it's not Break the room will be another initiative I'm working on. And I'd love to just have the conversation going because I agree with you. Um, yeah, the inclusivity aspect of the writer's room is so important. And that's what I'm doing. But, like, get anyone, get, you know, CEOs and do a writer's room. I think that it's going to be the most performative, life-changing experience you'd ever have because it really undrapes you, you know, in a lot of ways um, and forces you to really just look at yourself in the mirror. And that's the beauty of writing, but also the misery of writing. Right. Because in the context of a TV writer's room, maybe not in the context of a, of a hospital or whatever, but in the context of a TV writer's room, to me, diversity doesn't mean, meaningful diversity doesn't mean that your cheekbones are different and your, the amount of melanin in your skin is different it, it, because you could have have that and have gone to Harvard and have con- have parents that told you you were supposed to write in television, it actually means anybody who might have otherwise not thought of themselves as a potential TV writer, any 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 one of whom might actually create the next uh, Breaking Bad, like or the next piece of shit that's like absolutely mm-hmm. successful or like anything. Like TV is not religion it is mm-hmm. it's medicine and it's like it, it i wish we could make it less of a mystical uh profession where oh you have to have 16 years of a support system in order to pursue this and stuff or at the very least what i like about this program is that people could like take part in it and go yeah that this job sucks. <laughs> I spent like eight days like white people can have this. Yeah, like, 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 well, yeah people 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 with Aspergers can have this. Like, I, it's like I yeah, I thought it was different. You know, I wish somebody had done that to me with journalism before I had to drop out of college. Uh, you know, this is what it like. This is what it's like to work at a newspaper. It means uh, being part of a lie. Okay. Anyways, another thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, the because I feel like you're very vocal about the trope of in media uh, brown men whose trophy is white women do we have another episode to talk about this as well? <laughs> um, yeah absolutely I mean and, and I um, uh, this is coming from a, a, a coming from a place of seeing those that have been most vocal about it and the group that's being affected which is South Asian women and people that don't fit within the standard kind of South Asian umbrella of being you know Cis or, uh, cis or heteronormative. Um, 
Yeah, it's awful, and it feels like Hollywood has just said, "Yep, we're going to do this for about three years and just you know see see, see where a bunch it goes. of South Asian men who's who get to tell their own stories, but their story involves them pursuing and ultimately winning the affections of a white woman." Which love who you love. Do not mm-hmm. give a shit about that. But you at were the very of disappointed a... when I told you I was dating a white man. <laughs> Manir was more upset. That's true. <laughs> Samir's wife, Manir, was a very. It was like she was. She went into a, a period of mourning. <laughs> Where did you guys meet? You and your wife. Um. So she went to UCLA and I went to USC, and so it was both their final. It was year. a real Capulets yeah, and Montague yeah. situation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a sad trope because I mean, like you know, I know Kumail is your friend, but like there is a visual in that movie where he literally burns South, pictures of South Asian women, and that is you know a I very. Haven't seen it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so much for friendship. Oh man, <laughs> I am your Pakistani friend now. <laughs> I just started high-roading him. Here's the reason I... It's not because I'm petty, Kamel. It's because I'm woke. No, I haven't I haven't seen it because I'm fucking lazy and whatever. It's, it's not derailed podcast. But, I, I mean, there's been enough of a trend where that seems to be um, the, 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 the lasting... Uh, um, you know, the, the lasting image in your head is that, okay, in order to assimilate, I have to attach myself as close as possible to whiteness, and that means disassociating myself with this other stuff. And again, like, you know, the people that get it the worst are South Asian women. Right. Uh, it, it, can, can I, but what about this uh, as a white guy? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, that is your function yeah, on the choice. podcast. You choice. <laughs> but but I, just like, like, like the tradition of of um, of of conquering borders, of conquering boundaries, of conquering hatred through the well-worn trope of the Romeo and Juliet thing, where you make one thing the, the, the Montagues and one thing the Capulets is, I mean, what can everyone relate to more than a person that is the other um, uh, uh, f- wanting to fuck a person that's supposed to be the other? And then you go, you you, you walk out of the theater ostensibly going, um, oh, I think I, I, it would appear that the boundaries between us don't mean as much. Whereas um, it's, it's just a matter of scope where we go, oh, I wish that we had more movies about two brown people falling in love. No, not necessarily. I think the issue is that it always interracial, how, how we look at interracial relationships is that, hey, one person of color with the white person. Yeah. Um, why couldn't it have been, you know, a Latino, you know, guy? Like, it, it, it could be so many different other combinations. Why, could, but, why, why couldn't, I mean, I know you're not saying why couldn't Kumail's story have been about yeah, I'm a, not. a Latino yeah, because, guy. But, because even a master of none, the whole second season the arc is that he's pursuing this white woman right but i mean yeah i i i i I think i think we're all i think i think we're all on the same page because no one here is saying only one one thing has to no one's saying only date although my mom would sit on the end of my bed when in the in the 80s and like like my mom's like vision of rate of of race is kind of the one i hold on to as a white guy which is like my mom basically said, look, you know, one of these days, everybody's just going to fuck each other and we're all going to have kids that look the same and then it'll all be fine. Your mom said the same. Yeah. You sat on the end of your bed and said oh, my mom, my mom would come into my bedroom. My mom came into in my bedroom at one point and said, people are going to say something called the Holocaust never happened. It did. <laughs> 
that was your like, bedtime story? My, my woke mom, like, like, like preparing me, preparing me by fucking me up. But, but I do, I do hold on to that, and I do, I don't, I, but, and I also recognize that that's not. I don't. I don't want everyone yeah. who looks different from each other to all fuck each other because probably I'm going to guess white people are going to win. Um, <laughs> well, it, here's the, like here's the thing. It's like yes, of course. Like Camille should tell his own story, and this is a true story of how he and his wife got together. But am I correct in saying that uh, what you're saying is he could have told the story in a way that didn't uh, it would, put uh, down uh, brown women? Right. Yeah. That absolutely. And secondly, just kind of as a South Asian community, being conscious about the stories that were. Thrown Going into the ether. If I mean, I want to say it felt like there were six or seven things, whether it was a television episode or a feature film, which had the sa- t- enough where people say like, "Okay, this is getting really old. We should probably figure this shit out because this isn't always the reality." And that's kind of an inner conversation, of course, we have to have as a South Asian community. But I think that um, it comes, you know, I think that the, it comes from this idea of assimilation. I think it comes from this, again, model minority, proximity to whiteness. Right. Not to say that that's, you know, that was Camille's like, agenda. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that that is the umbrella of all of this. And to deny that would be absolutely right. absurd. So, now, yeah, yeah, let's be aware of it <laughs> so that neuroplasticity can happen. But it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting now that you mention that because it's like we have a long tradition in this country of like not letting black men uh do it with white women like period i i mean we, we we supposedly got over that like with historical things in in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s blah 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 but the truth is we just don't fucking put up with it like like it just doesn't happen that often right. like the, the movie has to be called like uh, uh jungle uh time like 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 like, like in, order, in, in, in order for jungle it to time. in order for the the movie has to be all about how he's oh, black right. and she's white right it's well, like I, a, okay yeah, yeah. i'll just say no i think i think that's a, a that's I'm and likewise with up. Asian Asian men and white women, and yet, and so when you said proximity to, that's the thing is like, are we actually reaching out to brown men and saying, hey, you're kind of just Italian? Come on, come in. Similar, yeah. I think that uh, the reason why South Asian men, um, again, going into model minority, um, also non-threatening. Um, those are the reasons why I think that it's acceptable to see these interracial relationships, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a white guy with an Asian woman because that's like, you know, the exoticness or, again, a South Asian man with a white woman. But I feel like the history of America when it comes to uh, blackness, the polarity of it, no, I mean, black folks were lynched, to, you know, for even looking at white women at times. And, you know, so that is an entirely different conversation that we also have to be cognizant and about. And it's weird that these are boundaries that we're not so keen to conquer that we don't, we don't like, we're, we'd rather do a movie where everyone's black and consider that a triumph that we, we're, we're not really into the whole let's pair each other up. And so and I'm kind of curious because of how this goes into religion because. You and your wife, you met in Southern California uh, colleges. You're you're young people. You weren't from the same town in Pakistan, I assume. Mm -hmm. Like, you saw each other. You're, like, both brown people. You have a lovely child now. Like, and you guys sit in bed and go, like, ah, fucking, you hear Jessica's dating a honky. Um, (laughs) And and, and for good reason, because you're like, you know what? It's fucking bullshit. Like, what I'm curious about is, like, are we... Like, are are we doing this because we don't want we don't want ideology to like if it's it's, it's like 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 this thing I'm I I don't want to like 
I don't want to. I don't want to okay, heat up s- too hot a button. Sure. Let me say. Okay. So Brittany Nichols and I actually have talked about this because she and I uh, have both dated uh, white people, and um, and it's like <laughs> you know, but we're both very outspoken about issues of race, you know. And I constantly. I mean, I come in here in this recording studio every week and talk about how shitty fucking white dudes are, and yet I go home to a white man, which Samir loves to remind me about. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, Brittany. I mean, I don't want to speak for her, but she 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 made a good point to to people that when we were having this kind of discussion, where she was saying like, okay, but you have to understand, like, like that all comes from like the white supremacy of the world. Like, for we've grown up in a world where media tells us the standard of beauty and the standard of masculinity as a white and also I the mean, standard for, for a of sexual liberation is a white is a white man for you know, or the standard of beauty for a woman is a white woman who like that's her features, everything about her. Like that is the standard of beauty, a white person, and that's what we've been indoctrinated with since we were young. Like you have to take that into account too. Growing up in white Western media, that's what we're told is the most desirable. But, but well, I guess this is my drunken point, is that we're not shoving that down black men's throats in, in, in movies. And if this is a trope where we're talking about, like, one one Crayola argument would be, well, they're kind of brown. They almost look Greek. Uh, let's let's suck them in. But it's like if it, if it were our unconscious goal to indoctrinate and, and assimilate, we would be promoting the fuck out of the idea of black men fucking white women. And we simply don't do it. Wait, just please, please, okay, okay. please. I, I just I, because I'm wondering about like this is where this comes in, like the Islamophobia thing, where we characterize uh, uh, brown men, Islamic brown men. We we leap to women's rights and sexuality. If you watch a Law and Order from before 1999, and there it, this the idea like like as a white guy, I'm coming away from pop culture with the idea that devout Islam has something is tied up in sexual frustration and uh, got the, the subtext is if they could just fuck one of our beautiful white women, they would just relax a little bit and they would be so happy. That's interesting. I, I, I've never okay. heard that well, before. Now, but... that I said that, now that I said that out loud, Jessica, sorry, you can go. Like, I, I just wanted to get my amazing Noam Chomsky point out. But I, I, I mean, I really, like, like to me, because it's like, think about it. Like, if the white agenda was, let's make everyone love whiteness, why wouldn't we shove that pill down black men's throats more we do, than we, we do? We do. We but, shove well, it down everyone's well, throats because who are... Who do we uphold as no, the standard? No, but we don't. Of we get. We get. Um, Who come is on. in media? We get like to Samir's point. Yeah. I. I. And Who I, is like, on the cover of, of Sports Illustrated every year? I don't. I don't know. White women. I. 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 I'm, 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 like we. We. We have a reaction still to this day about the idea of black men and white women. Um, we don't push it. We like. We like. Like it's like. It, and and we. And Samir is saying there's a tradition in white America of kind of pushing the brown men and white women thing. I'm, I'm taking so, a fire on that. So I okay. So let's back up. So I think that anti-blackness is something that's very specific and a conversation that comes with very different tropes and history than the assimilation conversation of model minorities because the interest in the country is an entirely different context. So I think the idea, for me at least, is that. 
And I, I mean, like to your argument of you know, would it make sense if you know white you know white people said, hey, and you know embrace <laughs> embrace embrace us um, by by um, you know shoving this pill down their throat? Um, I think that is white men's greatest fear, actually, right? That whether it's something that's that's been institutionalized or something that is. You know, psychologically premeditated, but that—that's why it would never happen, right? It's that great fear that these black men are going to take our white women. That's right. where that comes from, birth of a nation, etc. That same dialect hasn't really been made for the South Asian or East Asian male, somewhat with the yellow peril, but that was quickly altered very early on. So we were always seen as kind of, you know, the the desexualized, you know, like you know, granted, like there is history of. Of um, Chinese uh, um, uprising, etc., in the context of you know white women being looked at, etc., but very much so, the way that we perceive this culture, South Asian, East Asian, comes from this brain drain idea, which is almost enveloped everything else, where you don't even think about the railroads. Welcome to America. Your your skin is olive to uh, brown. Like uh, you're not black. Please partake of 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 of, of our. Your Norwegian-looking women and 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 our Atari games and like like let this Ramadan thing go and like 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 please that, that that's the that's that, our fantasy idea, yeah I mean the idea is like hey like you know you're you're not creating a problem so come hang with us but you can't get into the VIP room right for black folks you are a problem yeah. so that's why it's different it's, wh- it's white guilt and it's like almost genetic memory like it's a and, and I, I wonder if it's just like it is truly just crayola mindset where it's like well your skin is so dark is, are we really reacting to skin color or are we yeah i, I mean I, or are we is skin color causing a cultural uh artificially constructed thing in our head where we're got if i look at a brown guy why am i as a white writer going like that dude needs to fuck a white woman and if i look at a black guy i'm like well i don't want to cause trouble maybe he should just fuck a beautiful black woman like like it it that's definitely worth hanging a big giant roman candle on I had like let's not even figure it out. Let's put a fucking giant. <laughs> that's what this podcast is about. Put a fucking huge uh, road flare on it. Be aware of it. Ask the question. Is like, do you have opinions about this stuff? You at home when you're. It's like, do you do you cringe when you think about uh, certain complexions being with certain others? Are you are there ones where you go, yeah, that's a resolution to a story. That guy getting with that girl. Yeah, because it's like I feel like your issue isn't like, oh, let's. Never see a brown guy with a white woman. It's more like, why is it that all why, of the prominent? Why all, is the airport terminal pointing towards that baggage why are, carousel? Why, why is all of the stories about yeah. brown men uh, end with him with a white woman? I mean, the, the simple answer being, no one wants to watch a movie about two brown people falling in love. That's this very, very simple sure, yeah. answer. But however, yeah. we actually have. We are we we have just entered an era where we have proven that that is not true. Uh, like like mm-hmm. we it's like Black Panther. We are living in a post Black Panther world. Like we don't we don't give a fuck. <laughs> like 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 world. if it's good enough. Like like and and we also have had a million movies that are like quote unquote for black people that white people can can enjoy. That but there's a deeper question here for a future episode because we still don't. We've had a lot of waiting to exhales and we have not had a lot of like I'm black and you're white and let's kiss. <laughs> I'm telling we have. I, I, can you write that movie please? I'm black <laughs> and you're white and let's kiss. 
I mean, we're more comfortable with the idea of out-and-out out fucking representation to the point of total autonomy than we are with misogyny. With, but, uh, uh, right. but then we, but then we're actually into misogyny with, with uh, that. That I'm trying to get on board this, yeah. like noticing this thing. By the way, I would love for the. Christian designation of time, uh, BC and AD, to now be like before Black Panther and after Black Panther. <laughs> like, let's start talking about the year yeah. as like uh, yeah. ABP. Yeah, we're at one right now. Yeah, let's yeah, start yeah. over. We're ABP one. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so there's no way to. I mean, let's just let, let, keep 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 Samir on your radar uh, because he's actually like proactively doing crazy proactive shit. Yeah, and he's also a pretty okay friend. He's all right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why he's 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 a forgiving friend. That's for sure. <laughs> he's been friends with Jessica for this long for a dozen years um uh you're, you're it's your name on twitter which may be hard to spell for people why like don't me. you spell out your name on twitter sure s-a-m as in mary double e-r gardazy g-a-r-d's and dog e's and ernie z's and zebra i uh, and follow me i have a pitiful follow like following like a thousand or something so you may have a half dozen to 24 Excellent. Nazis like <laughs> just start following it that don't want yeah, to get Nazis. ready for 31 year old Norwegian men to start <laughs> fucking questioning your credentials but more importantly I think all, you know people yeah like follow because I mean I think it's amazing that you, you, you you're taking that bull by the horns and like Thank I, you. I, I want you I'd love it if you came back and like told us more when we can like also connect and help and, and anyway, I wouldn't yeah. I never want you to <laughs> I want you to fail <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Stay racial. It's a good show. <laughs>